gentlemen. Welcome to the Black and White Podcast with your hosts, Haven and Luke. Um, given what happened in the, the Euros a couple of days ago with Chris and Erickson collapsing on the field with a cardiac arrest, we wanted to focus on a segment called Ball Isn't Life, where we want to talk about things that sort of matter to us, whether it's interests or uh, relevant uh, information within today's society. And so today we want to focus on the Euros. And part of this is because um, with him being on the on the field, uh, dealing with his heart issues, we want to sort of show people that um, the just that sports athletes, they're all humans. They're not superhuman just because they play a sport really well. Um, Kyrie Irving would often say his press conferences that how can he play basketball when um, children are being bombed by armies uh, there's hunger in the world there's different types of things like that so we just want to take this opportunity to recognize that he is now healthy and that's a positive thing but we want to sort of expand our, our horizons and see how things can impact uh, just as you as a basketball player or just as a person in general so we're going to be going through the euro group stage today just because I have loves soccer and we're going to be tying in some of that uh, interest into this podcast. Uh, so with the first group, we're going to be talking about Italy, Switzerland, Wales, and Turkey in the group A. Uh, obviously a couple of games have already been played, but Hadman, I'd like to hear your thoughts on maybe who the winner of this group might be. Is there an obvious choice? Uh, and if there's any sort of dark horse teams that might come through to the knockout stage. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things you mentioned too as well with Italy not being uh, a part of the, you know, major tournaments uh, from the World Cup, uh, huge, again, that's one of, probably one of the biggest disappointments and disappointments in Italian, you know, history is not being able to make a World Cup. That's almost unfathomable. I remember, you know, how terrible uh, the scenes were just in in, inept manager, uh, which has switched over quite a lot. So uh, now they have, you know, you know, a top-class manager in Mancini. Uh, some of you may not know that name. Um, he was the coach uh, of Man City that won uh, their first championship. So the whole Aguero, you know, he was the manager. Um, he's a very competent manager, and he's shown it. He's shown it with Italy uh, so far uh, in the group stages. They're undefeated in, I think, two years. So since the, you know, uh, after after the World Cup, uh, their qualifications, Euros, Nations League, every game, international game they've played, they are undefeated. Uh, and they showed it again against Turkey today. Uh, sorry, I should say a couple of days ago when they played Turkey, uh, winning 3 nothing, uh, and uh, in dominant fashion. So I definitely have them coming in first. Uh, they they definitely sh- uh, they sh- they showed their will, especially uh, against Turkey, who a lot of people thought Turkey would be second. Uh, second time around so for me Italy is probably going to be coming in first uh, even pre-predictions most people probably had Italy uh, coming first in this group but they've shown it with one game uh, I don't see Switzerland or Wales presenting any sort of challenge there what what gets what's really interesting is the last the last three spots because uh, it, it can go either way uh, a lot of people are probably panicking on Turkey right now <laughs> because they got they lost but it's just sometimes it's just unlucky you want to win that first game uh, in, in the tournament. Uh, but you know, that doesn't happen, uh, in most cases. Uh, so Tur- unfortunately Turkey, uh, takes an L, uh, but, uh, uh, which puts them in a little bit of pressure to, uh, to have to beat Switzerland. I think it was Switzerland. No, no, they play Wales, right? They play next. I think Switzerland. Switzerland and Wales played. Yeah. So they play, so they play, yeah. So they play Wales next, uh, and Switzerland plays Italy. So for Turkey, that's a must win game. Um, I, I'm still going to go, I, uh, with, we also, for the people that don't know, we also have a pool that we did a pretty damn big pool, uh, that we're doing as a group too. So I'm just going to stay consistent with my own predictions. So I ended up having Turkey second. I'm going to, I'm going to stay consistent with that. I think they end up being Wales and probably get a result against Switzerland. Uh, Wales third, um, they're a solid team, but they just don't have too much, uh, bail. Um, is out of form. That's something we can talk a little bit about. But Bale's kind of out of form. Uh, he didn't do too well with Tottenham this year. Um, uh, he's going back to Madrid, but we'll, we'll see what that looks like. He, he gets all the golfing memes as well because 
his head might be in golf than it is in soccer, which is kind of uh, troublesome. And then I'm going to, I'm going to put Switzerland last still. Um, what did you, I don't know if you got to see the Switzerland game, the Wales game, or just, you can talk overall as well about group A. What do you, what are your thoughts on group A as well here? And maybe your predictions too. Yeah. I think, uh, I think he hit the, the, uh, it's my passion. I can't help the... it. <laughs> it's my passion. Yeah, I love well, yeah. There's uh for me, I think uh, Italy was first. I had Italy yeah. first. I actually had Italy going all the way to semis. Okay. Uh, in the Euros, I believe. But uh I mean to tell you the truth, like with these teams, like Italy in, in particular, being out of the, the world stage for you know, not in the World Cup, um, not being really relevant, like when Lorenzo Insignia and uh Ciro Mobile mm-hmm. score goals, I, I thought they were the same person. Like, yeah. I thought it, yeah. I thought it was insignia immobile. <laughs> just the fact that you know they're not really relevant, um, so that shows my ignorance a little bit. Um, but I actually had Switzerland second, Turkey third, and Wales fourth. Uh, but the thing for me, the most interesting thing for me was, uh, you know, Turkey lost three nothing, but maybe they did that on purpose because uh, the last time an Italian uh, player that wasn't from Italy scored on them, they they sold them immediately after the the. You know, international tournament <laughs> uh, i think it was a, a korean korean guy that scored yeah. really yeah in 2002 i think or, yeah and they sold him immediately afterwards and so turkey has a couple of italy guys and so i think they uh <laughs> maybe they did it on purpose <laughs> at least that's what i'm hoping so but we'll see it's a uh, i think it's italy's group to to win uh, and then we'll see how the other three teams sort of fall into place but do you think there's any uh dark horses there do you think your uh, 13 whales will go far um here's the thing with dark horses with me um from i might have a different definition than you at least uh what a dark horse at least to me what it means is that they actually have some sort of semblance or some sort of chance to win so when i look at dark horses i'm looking at teams that have may not necessarily have either won euros have a strong team uh or you know hasn't been relevant uh for x amount of time so for me i'd say maybe wales being a sleeper pick or, you know, someone in that group mm-hmm. being a sleeper pick. But my dark horse for that would be Italy. Uh, you've talked about Italy going That's as far good. as your semifinals there. Um, Italy, for me, beats Belgium. So I have Italy actually beating Belgium. Um, so I'm going to, I would consider that a dark horse. I don't know if they would, they can win it all the way, but I think they can go far. Uh, and possibly, you know, you never know with Euros, right? So um, I do, I do see Italy going far. Um, I would consider them a dark horse. The other part I wanted to say about the Wales and uh, Switzerland game is uh, I think both those teams kind of bottled it, especially Switzerland. Um, I think it kind of opens the door for Turkey to get back in um, because, frankly, all they need is a W. Um, I think Italy, again, uh, will probably secure nine points. Um, it's nothing bold to talk about there. Uh, they'll sec- probably secure nine points, as I said. Um, so if Turkey can manage to win, I think they just, they get back to that second, third spot, uh, that they, you know, they, that they so need. So, um, those are my thoughts. Uh, what about you? Dark horse, Italy too. I mean, I mean, you mentioned them being your second, your, yeah, uh, so I think, semifinal I think for us, Yeah. Well, I think for us that the definition of dark horse is, uh, relevant. And I think that's a good one moving forward with. And so obviously for me, Italy is as well, dark horse. Um, but you mentioned the team already, Belgium. That brings us into Group B. Perfect. Yeah. And so Belgium, Belgium, right now it has got one win already. Finland has one win already, and we got Denmark and Russia. Um, so obviously, we talked at the beginning of the show about the Denmark situation with Christian Eriksen going down with the cardiac arrest. Obviously, healthy and stable at least at this point. Yeah. Um, but it does put a dent in Denmark's uh, chances at this tournament. What are your thoughts on this group and that situation? Obviously changing things around after people probably have predicted where they would end up. Yeah, let's let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about first the Denmark and Finland game. I think most people believe that Denmark was going to win without any hesitation. Um, So it it definitely still is a shocking result. But uh, what needs to be mentioned? Yeah, of course, as you mentioned before, with uh, Christian Eriksen, that has to be mentioned uh, because I think the psychology uh, uh, if you psychoanalyze in this case, the players for Denmark, it, they shouldn't have played that game. I don't think they should have agreed to play that game. I think they should have at least had a day to sort of, uh, take in. Um, and again, for those that didn't know, uh, Christian Eriksen ended up, uh, uh, passing out. I don't know the scientific term for it, but he did have, 
uh, what I believe is cardiac arrest. You can talk a little bit about that, Luke. What I mean, you're the science guy. I know your dad's a doctor too, so I know you're. I know you're into uh, that. I've I've talked to like my sister's a doctor, and uh, I talked to my 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 close friend Johannes too, who had sort of mentioned a couple of things uh, uh, about it. But I'm sure you can talk a little bit more about Christian Erickson there. Yeah, well, I mean, my dad's a doctor, so that technically makes me a doctor too. So you know, <laughs> that's how it works. All, right? all the science stuff comes from me. But uh, I've heard people say that hypertrophic uh, cardiomyopathy. Yeah, there you go. I can't say uh, that. Which is, uh, that's a, usually it's a trigger for cardiac arrest in, in athletes and younger people. Uh, why they would suddenly have a cardiac arrest versus when you're older, when you're more susceptible to it. Um, I don't think they've ever come out with exactly what happened, but they, all they've really said is, uh, he's, he had a cardiac arrest, and they had to uh, they resuscitated him after one uh, use of the defibrillator, mm -hmm. uh, which is quick in most cases. If you're using a defibrillator and you get him get them back after one, it's that's a good sign that he was already pretty in a, in a, in a good spot at least. Right. Um, but obviously, Christian Eriksson's likely Denmark's best player. I think you would agree. Oh yeah, uh, having him having him probably out for the entire tournament. I don't see. Any reason why they should allow him to come back? Uh, you know that really puts a dent in their chances. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think Belgium obviously is going to be your winner in this group. Yeah. And their their golden generation, so to speak. They always say they're in a golden generation, but this might be true this time. Uh, you know, if Romelu Lukaku being a golden boot uh, favorite for most people, I would say. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, with that Finland Denmark game, I think you know Denmark had so many chances to win that game. I think they yeah. had sixty three percent possession and they had a penalty mm -hmm. shot saved mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know so they had their chances and i think yeah. finland did a good job in keeping it at bay and i think they deserve that win uh, it'd be interesting with russia i mean to be fair i think i had belgium first uh, i think i had denmark second russia third and finland last and mm -hmm. that was before it sort of unfolded uh, i kind of have to stay with that and be true to what i said uh, but it would be interesting it'd be fun to see finland make it to the knockout stage where do you uh, where do you see them sort of fitting in this? Yeah, um, I one of the things I want to say uh, to ESPN, uh, probably not a good idea to you know uh, cut out to Erickson's wife when he's she's crying and she's you know uh, con being consoled by the captain. And I also want to give a big shout out one, uh, two people, uh, two groups. One or one the captain uh, for taking lead and taking charge. He's there's a reason why the Denmark captain the way is it, he is. Uh, again, for those that don't know, he ended up, um, you know, being able to assess the situation really quick, got, you know, the Denmark players to sort of round uh, Corral or, you know, uh, kind of go around Ericsson. Um, I think he had prepped the CPR. I don't know if he did the CPR or did anything related to that, but he made sure that uh, Ericsson didn't swallow his tongue. Um, so um, mad respect to the captain uh, and mad respect to the medics. Uh, I mean, we talk, we live in, we're sort of living in a pandemic time now uh, with, uh, you know, what's going on. And I, I, first responders don't get enough respect uh, and enough love. Um, thank goodness that there was, you know, emergency response team uh, right there and then uh, so that they could act quickly. So I do want to give a big thanks to those guys. You know, sometimes when we talk about these sports and sometimes we, you know, we outline the importance of it. There's more things than that that are important, and this that was sort of a moment for me seeing something like that. I've never seen anything that, like that in sports. I don't know if you have Luke, but I've never seen anything like that in sports uh, in my entire life. I I generally thought uh, it, it was worse. It was worse than uh, it uh, uh, ended up being. I honestly thought he might have died. Uh, you know, in the kind of in the uh, the dark thoughts of my mind. So I'm really happy that he is alive. Uh, and then you can again see sort of the you can kind of sort of see uh, the rally that he had. Like Son had an international game, who was a Tottenham player for Christian. Uh, after he scored a goal, you know, gave respect uh, to Christian. And same with Lukaku as well. So I uh, just wanted to get that off my chest. Uh, in terms of the game, yeah, I mean, upset. Finland, Finland got the upset. You still got to give them respect for you know what they did. Uh, they did get the W. Um, yeah, that penalty. Terrible penalty. Uh, I thought it was a soft pen. But Anthony Taylor, <clears throat> who has costed Chelsea multiple FA titles, uh, is known for giving penalties, giving soft pens. So I'm not surprised. And, of course, Hoiberg being a Tottenham player, uh, flops as he usually does. 
uh, misses the penalty and Finland wins. So I'm happy for Finland. Uh, it'll really be interesting how Group B ends up shaking up because there's more urgency now when these things start to happen, right? When the status quo doesn't happen, uh, you start to see teams sort of fly out the handle. Finland's gonna probably going to be defending like mad uh, for the rest of the couple of games there. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. Belgium, uh, there's not much to say about Belgium and Russia. Belgium dominated. Uh, Lukaku being, yeah, definitely one of the top goal scorers. I think he's going to be a candidate up there. Again, it all depends on how far Belgium goes. Uh, that's something else to think about as well. Uh, but uh, for this group, Belgium's going to be dominating. Uh, Courtois is probably going to be a candidate for uh, Golden Gloves. They call it the goalie of the uh, goalie of the tournament as well. Something else to think about there. Um, and Russia's not looking good right now. Um, might be able to, you know, nick a point here and there. I don't know. Um, but my picks, my my predictions here, uh, were, yeah, we're Belgium uh, to come in first. I did have Denmark coming in second. Uh, I had Russia coming third and Finland last. But um, uh, looking at, you know, the first round here, it's looking like that might be different. Who knows? Uh, so let's let's move on to Group C here. Yeah, sorry. Certainly. I was going to say yeah. Group C. Yeah, let's uh, move on Group C. Austria, Netherlands, Ukraine, and North Macedonia. And obviously with North Macedonia, this is their first international tournament ever, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'm not around there. Nope, major tournament, um, yeah, first one. It's quite a goal. So um, great history. For them, it seemed like they won the World Cup uh, with that goal. <laughs> so it was, it was great to see that. Uh, but that being said, likely the last place in yeah. the group, but yeah. who knows? Uh, what are your thoughts on Austria, Netherlands? You can sort of sounds like three teams that maybe are a little bit more equal than the previous two groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these games happened today, basically. Uh, maybe let's talk about the, uh, might as well talk about North Macedonia and uh, Austria playing today. Um, I expected Austria to win. I did uh, kind of, I don't trust Austria oftentimes. Um, so I, I did predict this specific game to go to a tie, uh, but very impressive stuff from Austria. I think the scoreline's a bit unfair to North Macedonia. I think they fought through pretty much most of the game, uh, but it just looked like they had tire legs. Uh, one player I do want to recognize on North Macedonia that I did some research on and I was really interested in, uh, his name's Goris Pandev. Uh, a lot of people might not know him, but he's a uh, rather old dude. So he's about 37. He's turning 38. Uh, but he's played from some top top clubs, uh, Inter Milan, uh, Napoli, Galatasaray. Uh, I'm not going to mention the last one because they're not that good. But uh, he's played on some really solid teams, and he's a highly respected player. Um, so North Macedonia, I've noticed, you know, had some you know solid players, uh, uh, you know, competing against Austria. So uh, I do I, I do give them props, but unfortunately, I uh, they're I think we agree that they're going to probably be fourth here. Um, Austria getting the W, they really needed it. And I have to give props to, uh, I, I would say one of my favorite guys is David Alaba. Um, for Byron, he's actually going to Madrid, which I'm sure, Luke, you're not too happy about with uh, being a Barca fan there. Uh, but he signed a contract to Madrid. Uh, he, would, he, on Byron, he normally plays left back, uh, center back, kind of left center back pairing uh, with Alfonso's. So he he's, has sort of switched up. With Austria, he he plays a really interesting role. I was we were making I was kind of uh, talking to my friends about it too because he almost felt like Conte on this Austria team. He was everywhere on this pitch. He was defending. He was a center back. He was in the midfield. He was attacking. He actually contributed to uh, one of the goals. He set up one of the goals actually. Um, so uh, if Austria goes as far as basically Alaba goes here, um, and then uh, let's talk about the other game. Uh, which was, I, for me personally, this is, as of right now, the game of the tournament, um, Netherlands and Ukraine. So this game ended up going three to two. Um, I have Ukraine second, and I have Austria third and Netherlands first. This game, as you said, those three teams, it's going to be really close. Uh, Netherlands definitely took uh, the lead. Uh, they ended up uh, going up to nothing, actually, in this game. Uh, which I thought, you know, they put it to bed. This is it. Ukraine comes back with two goals of their own. And we have a ball game here, folks. It was insane. Um, but Netherlands ends up, uh, you know, uh, finish it off. Um, at least my take on this game, just overall, I think 
Netherlands really look organized. I'm not sure if the back three is going to work for them, uh, but they have uh, a manager, which a lot of people uh, don't have a lot of confidence in. Um, so that should be interesting how far they go. This group, I mean, they should come out first in this group, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how well they fare uh, in uh, the rest of the tournament. Um Ukraine, I'm pleasantly surprised with. Uh, my guy, Shevchenko, uh, Chelsea player, uh, for those that don't know. Uh, but he's definitely known for AC Milan, I would say, uh, uh, is managing the Ukraine team. And I have a couple of really solid guys, Shevchenko from Man City, although he had probably, a, uh, I would say in my books, a terrible game. Uh, and then they also have Yarmolenko, who, used to play, who plays for West Ham. Uh, hasn't played for them uh, much this year. Um, but Ukraine, Ukraine as a team always sort of, sort of, sort of fears me. Um, so it'll be interesting how the rest of the group shakes out. But I'm, I'm going to stay consistent with my predictions, uh, with Netherlands first, Ukraine second, Austria third, uh, and Macedonia or North Macedonia fourth. What about you? What do you? What are your predictions on this? Yeah, well, I think I had, I think I have Austria and Ukraine uh, for me. So Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine, and then North Macedonia. Uh, but it'll be interesting. North- Netherlands are missing one of their defense, uh, Matthias Delight. Two, actually. Um, you know, Van Dyke. Two. So, I mean, Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, I knew one of the two at least, but, uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get it back. I think they play a weird, uh, weird setup, right? Three, five, two. Yeah. So, is, is that is that to you as a soccer person? Is that an odd uh, setup? It's, uh, well, I mean, the purpose of that is to have two wingbacks. So to have guys that are basically going to just run back and forth uh, on the attack and uh, defense. But you're, you also have that support. So, for example, when Netherlands is defending, they're typically defending at least with a back five. Uh, it's not always the greatest, uh, especially when you're playing against teams that are probably going to be a lot more defensive. So, for example, North Macedonia, that's playing defensive, you probably don't want to play a back five. You probably just want to play a back four uh, because they're, they're probably only going to have one striker, maybe maximum mm-hmm. two, uh, which you can sort of handle if you're Netherlands. Um, but Frank the Boer is a stubborn dude, and most managers are typically. So when they have a system in place, they're going, they're just going to put that system in place. Um, so I don't, I don't see Netherlands switching, but historically, traditionally, Netherlands has always been a 4-3-3 sort of system. But the one thing I really like, thanks for reminding me, uh, the one thing I really like about Netherlands, I'm just going to finish off here, is that they do really well on pressing. They've always been great at pressing teams, and they did a really good job. Uh, people may, may have not noticed. They really put the pressure on Ukraine uh, uh, to make mistakes, uh, and then they ended up sort of having possession of the ball there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what's uh, it'll be interesting. So, I mean, I, I just Googled Frank DeBoer and it said Frank yeah. DeBoer, worst manager, was the most uh, <laughs> searched thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. there's a reason why no, that's the case. Yeah, managers uh, are important. Group D. Certainly. Let's go to Group D. So, we got England, Scotland, Czech Republic, and Croatia. Mm. One of those games have happened already. England beating Croatia 1 0. Um, for a lot of England fans out there, I presume that they all think that England's going to win. And as they do every single tournament they've ever played in, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on on this because to me, um, England might be the favorite. But you know, Croatia and Czech Republic both have solid uh, sets of players, and maybe even Scotland has a few guys. You know, you, you think of Scotland and you think, well, that's a cakewalk. Uh, but maybe not. That's not necessarily the case, given that Scotland uh, loves their soccer mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I'm not gonna lie. I um I'll just say my predictions right away, and I'll just sort of talk about it. But I did have England first, Croatia second, Scotland third, and Czech Republic fourth. Um, I actually thought England and Croatia. I initially thought England. No, I think I had England winning. Uh, but in my if I were to think from my head, I actually thought this was going to be a draw. Um. There's obviously a lot of Chelsea players on this England team, so I, I do have sort of a little bit in me cheering for my my players like Mount, Reese James, um, and Ben Chilwell. So um, really impressive game from England. I thought they could have actually scored a couple more goals. Uh, I was really shocked with the starting line. Uh, I was shocked that Raheem Sterling 
uh, ended up playing considering how out of form he was. Uh, and they ended up putting a right back in the left back position. His name's Trippia, uh, which was sort of interesting because they have two left backs. So I'm not sure what the thought process was, uh, was, uh, uh, was there. But, I mean, it ended up working. Uh, they ended up getting the one goal that they needed. And, uh, ironically enough, the guy who I thought shouldn't have started actually scored the goal. So Raheem Sterling ended up scoring the goal off of an, a great pass from the man of the match, uh, Calvin Phillips, who plays for the Leeds, uh, uh, Leeds Football Club. Um, so, overall, really well done on England's part. Uh, Harry Kane, like I said, almost had a uh, really good chance. Uh, another, uh, I'd say, top goal scorer, um, uh, nominee uh, uh, again depending on how far England goes a lot of people like you said uh, man uh, tend to have England going far um, or they'll you know especially the English fans themselves they always say football's coming home uh, but it, it hasn't since probably I think since the world Cup, I don't know if they want a Euros uh, but the last time they were on the World Cup I want to say is 66 but I'm might be off there I would have to double check I need to sometimes I need a fact checker because I'm, I'm usually wrong um, so yeah, well, really well done in England. Croatia's, uh, you know, we talked about the golden generation, but this is an, this is an aging, you know, star team like Rakitic has retired, uh, has already retired. Mandzukic is gone. Um, Modric is getting older and you're starting to see the holes in his game. Uh, and, and you know, not, not, nothing to him, not, not to his fault. Uh, but we saw it even with Madrid, uh, when they played Chelsea, for example, um, uh, Chelsea was able to get at those mids, uh, quite a bit. Uh, again, Mount, Mount was starting today. I think uh, he outplayed Modric quite a bit. Um, Croatia, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, um, you know, maybe maybe they lose motivation. Who knows? Because I think Scotland, we sort of uh, talk about the next couple of teams. They haven't played yet. They'll be playing tomorrow. I think Scotland's going to be all motivated for this. They're playing at home, by the way. Um, so uh, they definitely will have... Uh, uh, if not half the capacity, some some percentage uh, capacity backing them up. So I think the energy will be on them. I think that's why a lot of people will have them third and not just third, but uh, making it pass. Whereas Czech Republic, I mean, they have a couple decent players. Uh, one player, namely from Premier League, is uh, Suchek from West Ham as well. Um, but I I don't I don't see any quality in Czech Republic to even get uh, to even get a win or a draw in any of these matches. Um, but again, we can be pleasantly surprised there. Um, so, uh, yeah, those were my predictions. Those are my thoughts. What do you think there, Luke? Um, for me, uh, I, I actually had a completely different setup, I think, uh, other than maybe England first, Croatia second, Czech Republic third, and Scotland fourth. Uh, I'm, I'm never, I'm never swayed by, uh, anyone. And so I just kind of go with my, my gut here, but, uh, I think England is an obvious first choice for me, at least, um, to get into knockout round. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I would love to see Modric not do well just because he's Real Madrid and I'm a Barca fan. So, you know, for, for me, that that's really all I need to get into is uh, Croatia's not going to win. Uh, and that's okay. That's okay by me. Um, so we're going to move into Group E because we don't need to Croatia any, any more airtime considering you gave him quite a bit. Um, so we got in Group E, probably the best team of all time, uh, Spain. And, uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you got Poland, Slovakia, and Sweden. Uh, so now, for me, I thought Sweden would do decently well, given that uh, Ibrahimovic was coming back, or presumed to be coming back, uh, but he's injured for the entire Euros, I believe. That's, I think that's correct. Yep, no, you're right. Uh, so, you know, a lot of Swedish fans out there are probably very disappointed and, you know, presumably their best player ever is injured and not playing for them. Uh, but do you see them having any hope moving forward in this group, getting out of it? Uh, or do you see maybe a standard, maybe Spain, Poland, up, Slovakia at the bottom, Sweden third? I'm just going to get off. I'm just going to get this off my checks, or ch chest here. Slovakia fourth. I'm not worried about them. Um, <laughs> and that was my prediction as well. It's going to come between, it's going to come uh, with those three teams. Here's the thing uh, with Sweden. They're actually one of my sleeper picks. Uh, I don't consider them a dark horse. I don't expect them to win, but I think a lot of people are sleeping mm -hmm. on them. Um, you mentioned, for example, Ibrahimovic. I mean, they didn't have Ibrahimovic in the World Cup uh, and managed to get out of the group uh, of Mexico, Germany, uh, and Korea. 
Um, this is a team. It's not really an aging team. They have some really uh, core guys. Emil Forsberg being one. Toivinen. Um, uh, they have my they have my air train brother. Uh, I uh, Isaac. Uh, uh, and they have they just have a solid core. The thing with Sweden is they're so damn tall. Um, so when they play, for example, those set pieces, they got like five, six foot five Vikings up there, uh, you know, competing, um, which is why I think they did so well to just have a collective group there. So um, I actually, in my predictions, had Sweden coming in second. Um, I had Poland coming in third, and I'll explain why. Uh, and I still have Spain coming in first. Uh, with Poland, they need to, uh, before I can trust them or believe in them, they need to show me something. Uh, they disappointed hugely in the World Cup. Again, I'm going off of stuff in the past, of course, but I can't help it. I'm, I'm only looking at, you know, uh, their performance and their experience. Lewandowski being, oh, another possible, you know what? Not many people have touted him just because Poland might not get too far. But a lot of people are still, you know, a few people are still picking uh, Lewandowski because he, he knows how to beg in goals. The problem with Poland is where's the service coming from? Uh, they might have a couple, you know, solid midfields, but the, the service there, I mean, they're just going to be zero in and on, uh, on, uh, on, um, on Lewandowski the whole time. Spain and Sweden will be doing that. I, I mean, I know it for a fact. Um, so Poland's going to have to figure out a way to, you know, string these wins. And I just don't see them getting one from Spain or Sweden. So to me, they might be Slovakia, but to me, third is probably the best they're going to get. They might be able to get through with third, but, uh, we'll see there. And then of course, uh, the Spaniards, uh, they've had uh, an interesting route, of course, you know, uh, another another one of Luke's countries that he supports, uh, presumably because he is a Barca fan and, you know, most of his favorite players do play for the nation as well. Uh, Spain, uh, you know, uh, in international tournaments recently have been doing fantastic, but unfortunately it's started to capitulate in, uh, uh, since 2014. Uh, 2014, uh, they had what's called the World Cup curse, where they didn't even get out of their own group. Uh, the Euros in 2016, eh, not so great. Um, and then 2018, uh, losing to Russia on penalties. Like those are things uh, that you think Spain's probably going to be uh, is going through some sort of transition here, uh, very similar to what they had prior to their championship runs. Um, so it'll be interesting, but I think Spain will still manage to get out of there. Uh, first, uh, Luis Enrique is, you know, a top level coach who apparently hates Real Madrid players. Uh, but you'll talk, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. Um, so I definitely have Spain first. Uh, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay again with my predictions in my pool. Uh, Spain first, Sweden second, Poland third, and Slovakia fourth. What are your thoughts on that, buddy? Yeah, I think for me, I have, I have Spain first. Uh, I believe I had Sweden second, Poland third, and Slovakia fourth. I believe I could be wrong on the the uh, Poland yeah. Sweden switch, uh, but what's really relevant to Spain? Um, it would be interesting to see. I mean, I, I know that every uh, country has their ebbs and flows, so to speak. Um, obviously, you say that uh, Luis Enrique does not like Real Madrid, so there's no Real Madrid players on this team probably for the first time ever. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking at the roster. And I don't think they have they have like three Barcelona players, and Madrid, often it's a Real Madrid Barcelona super team. Yeah, and so I think maybe maybe it's uh, trying trying different waters, getting a mix of a bunch of different players from a bunch of different teams, in, and maybe it sort of changes their chances. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think I think right now there's an issue with COVID on their roster right now. Uh, Sergio Busquez, Diego Laurent, both tested positive for COVID. Oh, no way. Uh, and so their roster is in, in flux right now. So that could change things. Or they could be um, cleared before the first game. Who really knows at this point? Because COVID uh, has made everybody's lives a little bit more difficult, regardless of whether mm -hmm. they're playing soccer at an elite level or working in the, you know, the subway down the street. Mm -hmm. um, I think for... Uh, Spain. I have Spain going all the way to the finals, just because I support and I, I believe I'll find some sort of, um, you know, <laughs> I'll find some sort of Spanish blood in my history somewhere. I'll I'll figure it out. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, anytime a team has Alvaro Morata as their lead 
striker has to uh, be worried. Uh, so I didn't. So I didn't want to. I. I didn't want to hold on before you said. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I. I was thinking it, but I. I wanted to give him a little <laughs> bit of respect. He was a Chelsea player, but I, I watched him live, and he was. He was a complete flop. Whether you know we didn't do good. I don't know if Chelsea did a great job of supporting him. Whatever you want to say, but he was an absolute flop. So for him to be your starting striker. I'd be a bit nervous about, uh, you know, your chances. A question I want to ask you before you continue. Do you think there should have been Real Madrid players on here? Do you think anyone think on so. that Madrid team should have been able to crack this 24-man roster? Because he only took 24 yeah. guys out of a 26, yeah. I believe. So, yeah, 100%. I think, I think so. Even if you just take uh, Sergio Ramos, just for Ramos, the fact that you yeah. Sergio Ramos, you know, even if you don't think he's in good form, his presence probably changes things for the younger guys quite significantly. Um, Someone else he should have gotten was also, I'm sorry to interrupt. Someone else he should have gotten as well as Nacho. Nacho should have been on that team. Uh, uh, I thought he did. I thought he did really well um, this season. So I was really shocked that he was uh, omitted out of Spain. Sorry, keep going. Well, the only thing I was going to say was I think there's, um, I do like the spread. Like I said before, it's usually Barca and Real Madrid guys, and then a sprinkling of others. Whereas here, I think there's only three Barca guys: Sergio Busquets, uh, Pedri, mm-hmm. and that might be it. That might be no it. One else. <laughs> oh, and and um, Jordi Alba, no. Uh, Jordi, Jordi, Jordi Alba, Alba yes. Yeah. Those are three, three Barca guys. Um, I think the guy to watch in this group is Rodri from uh, from Manchester City. Uh, I think he could be the new Sergio Busquets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have everything moved through him, but like I said, I won't. I won't stick on this for too long because uh, I can talk about Spain all day long. Uh, but I think Spain will come first. Uh, Poland will probably come second, Sweden third, and Slovakia fourth. And then we're going to go to the final group, the group of death, the <laughs> group that everyone's playing except for Hungary, because Hungary has nothing to lose. So chances are Hungary might come second. Uh, but that that joke aside, France, Germany, Portugal, Hungary. Obviously, you can't have all three of those top four teams make it to the finals. I would love to hear: Is France the obvious choice, being first, you know, coming off a World Cup win, or is it uh, a chance for them to falter because everyone thinks they're going to win? They have a target on their head. Everyone wants to beat them. Oof. This one is this one's gonna be this one's gonna be emotional because I'm a Germany fan. So I've been a Germany fan for I don't know since '06, uh, and just really quickly, the main reason is is a lot of people are like hey, why are you German? Why don't you cheer for Germany? Why don't you cheer for an African team or whatever? I cheer for Africa too, man. So leave me alone. Uh, but the reason I like Germany is because it was the first European country I've ever been to uh, before I went to Eritrea, and my aunt's from there as well. Um, she's been there for over three decades. Uh, so for Germany, just, you know, when you're a kid, it just has a close, you know, like when you, when you support something, it just, it's, it, it's reels in close to you. So, um, yeah, this group is going to be insane. It's going to be enjoyable to watch at least. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I can't wait for this France. Um, the irony about this group is that a lot of people actually have very similar, ideas of how this is going to shake out from an you know, analytical point, from pundits, uh, from just casual people. Um, a lot of people have France, Portugal, Germany, and then Hungary uh, in that order, uh, which was also my order as well. Um, France is, I think, the ultimate favorites. I think they're, the, they're definitely the team that everybody, pretty much majority of people believe uh, are going to win. Uh, and unfortunately, we've seen what, what happens when they're uh, the favorites of a tournament. Um, I mean, they capitulate. Let's be honest. They capitulated in 2016 against uh, Portugal in the finals uh, when everyone touted them to win. Uh, so um, I still believe, you know, France coming off a World Cup win uh, that, you know, they're going to be ready to go. They're still youthful, which is a really important thing. Uh, they have a great core, um, and they also have an, a really neat addition. Uh, <laughs> they have a Madrid guy. Uh, they brought in Benzema, uh, who you know had his own issues with France in the past, has now come back into this French squad. So I think uh, Deschamps being the manager, I think he made a great decision in bringing uh, Benzema back, just bringing a different element uh, 
you know, to this France team. Uh, and of course, you know, the guy being a world-class striker and of, of his own, I'd say top three strikers this year. Um, so I do think uh, France will be the number one team in this group. Where it becomes interesting is that second and third uh, sort of uh, pairing. Uh, a lot of people still believe in Germany. Unfortunately, uh, I don't as much. I've started to sort of distance myself from the national team. Uh, Lowe has been pretty much uh, uh, putting this team up for ransom at this point. He's pretty much kidnapped this team. I, I, this team is a shell of itself for Germany. So I, I have a hard time believing uh, that they're going to make it, uh, or they're going to be, you know, they're going to make it too far in this, uh, uh, in the tournament. Um, and now he's leaving, like he's leaving after the tournament. So I don't know where the, the player, I'm sure the players are still wanting to play and they're still hungry for this. But like, when you know a manager or a coach is not going to be there, like what, like what, what can he do to, you know, implement his, you know, his philosophy on this team? Uh, so th that's a bit strange to me. Um, I mean, uh, on top, I can talk about Germany for hours. So I'm going to keep Germany third. I'm really interested in this Portugal team. Uh, this is probably one of the best Portugal teams I have seen uh, since probably Figo's time in 06. Uh, Ronaldo's, I mean, Ronaldo's Ronaldo. We know what Ronaldo brings to the table. Uh, but he's, he's um, never really had a great team. Right, he's never had a really good team, especially in his prime and his, you know, when he was top level. Um, his second best player was probably Nanny, at some at some points. Nanny, just let that sink in. The guy plays for Orlando now, um, but he has so many great quality players. Just a couple uh, names: Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes, Fernandes uh, is apparently the Portuguese saying of, uh, of, of the way of saying it. Um, but yeah, Bruno, uh, is definitely up there. Bernardo Silva for Man City. You have Jao Felix for Atletico Madrid. You have a, uh, definitely solid center mid pairing, uh, with Carvalho, uh, William Carvalho and, uh, Renato Sanchez. Uh, they have, uh, who I personally thought should have been the Premier League player of the year, uh, and Ruben Diaz for Man City. Great, great defender. Uh, the Portugal has a lot of quality and I think, uh, they can only do better than they did in the last uh, few tournaments. Um, so that's why I have them personally second. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this group because I, uh, I believe France and Portugal uh, were my, actually my two final picks in the final. So it's, it's funny that I have both uh, two teams in the same group, uh, assuming the way everything will kind of shake out uh, in the round of 16. I actually see them a rematch of the 26 final, uh, 2006, uh, 16 finals uh, being France and Portugal there. And then I'm sorry, Hungary, but, um, you're probably going to come in last, although, um, like you said, they have nothing to lose. So they can definitely nick a point off of any of these uh, teams, namely Germany and Portugal. Um, and, you know, th they do deserve a lot of respect for how they played, uh, how they played it out uh, last Euros. I think they ended up getting first in their group, actually. If I'm not mistaken, they ended up getting first in their group uh, and tying Portugal that year. So um, that's sort of the fun thing is we're going to find out uh, in a few weeks time. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think um, I think I have that. I think I have the same. I mean, even if you're just a, a person that randomly looks at the the rankings, I think France is you know higher in Portugal, Portugal's higher in Germany, Germany's higher in Hungary. And if you look at the rankings, that's generally the consensus: France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. Um, I think for me, Hungary is the most interesting because maybe Hungary doesn't win, maybe Hungary doesn't get second, third. But they could screw up the entire order of the top three. You know, one tie changes everything in this group. Uh, so I think that's for me. I think that's an interesting component about Hungary is maybe they don't win, but they're going to stir the pot a little bit. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is when Pogba and Conte play for France, they are undefeated. They are fourteen and four. There are fourteen wins, four ties, zero losses. Uh, and they're both in the midfield. And so, you know, either that continues or obviously that changes a little bit, but even still, that's an impressive stat to say. Um, I think you hit the head on the nail with Portugal, probably their best team in a very long time uh, with Ronaldo, uh, a healthy Ronaldo, I presume. Um, it would be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, I have France in the finals and I have Spain in the finals just because of my uh, hope that they'll do better than normal. Uh, but France, I think, is the team to beat 
in any group that yeah. they're in. Mbappe, uh, gold, another Putin. another Golden Boot uh, nominee. Mbappe too. Mbappe. Uh, Ronaldo. Have, Ronaldo's I, been uh, touted as one too, but yeah. What about you? What do you think of uh, that? The, the secret the secret man behind everything is uh, Antoine Griezmann. He, yeah, he's he's my he's my he's my he's Golden Boot winner. So yeah, you know, I, I say it out loud, so it's set in stone. But <laughs> you know, when, whenever you think about solid offenses, you always have to think about the second guy. I feel like, especially in like a sport like soccer, where it's mm-hmm. you know one or two goals wins a game. Uh, you know, when Mbappe is going to be shadowed constantly, who's the second guy that comes up behind? It's you know, in France's yeah. case, it might be Antoine Griezmann, um, or or Karim Benzema, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever is whoever is not getting as much attention, but is still elite. Question elite for you, own, right? Question for you, because uh, you may have not heard this, but uh, Griezmann was on the record saying that when he plays for France, it feels a lot more free compared to his club. How, what are your thoughts on that? As being a Barcelona fan, hearing words like that. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's true. It's it's quite evident in how they they're playing him. I think they tried to, in, at Barcelona, they try and make him into a, a player he's not. He's not. They're mm-hmm. trying to make him into that t- ticky tacky player that kind of moves the ball back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not. not. It's just not who he is. And uh, you know, I think Barcelona has other problems. Like they screwed up the last four or five years with their uh, El Presidente Bartolomeu. But you know, getting rid of him sort of changes things, and hopefully. They'll figure it out, but I heard Griezmann's one of those guys that they might get rid of. It's Griezmann or Usman Dembele, another France guy. They want, you know, guy. <laughs> it's one one to two sounds like they're out of, the, yeah. out of the team automatically. But you know, but even even the fact that we don't even mention Usman Dembele, who's a <laughs> elite player, you know, we're not even mentioning him, he's but so he's good. like, you know, sixth best player on his team with France, and you know, I'd be worried about France. But like you say, there's all the pressure in the world's on them to win again. And, you know, how many times can you win the international tournaments in a row? You know, very few teams can win back-to-back World Cup Euro. Mm -hmm. I mean, last team was who? Spain winning Euro, World Cup Euro. And before that, I don't even know who. That's tough. Yeah, that's not, it's not a common thing. No, it's not a common thing for teams to do that. Definitely a tough thing. So, so for us, that is the group stages. Um, We've obviously picked our orders and you know it'll be interesting to see what happens and like we say the reason for this segment is something we wanted to talk about previously um but with christian erickson falling to the ground it's it's all the more reason to label it as a ball isn't life exploring interests and people who are listening it's important to explore those interests and not be attached to just one thing because who knows when it all goes away Mm -hmm. what happens next and being prepared one thing i did want to ask before we we leave it off there is is there an impact to teams, do you think, because of COVID, playing each group stage in a different city? Is there unfair advantages or are there advantages that impact, say, a Scotland playing in Scotland or, you know, teams like uh, in Hungary playing in Budapest? Does that impact other teams more than others because of, the, because of COVID trying to keep things isolated? Yeah, that's a tough question. I think when we saw sort of... Uh, I'm just thinking about the club, the clubs. I don't know what it was. I didn't watch too much La Liga games, but for the Premier League, it seemed like uh, home field advantage didn't actually matter uh, as much as it did during the COVID times. International, I'd like to think that's a little bit different, um, at least from the results that we've already seen. I mean, top uh, like Italy has you know dominated in their home. Uh, England ended up winning in Wembley. Scotland plays tomorrow, very likely to win that game. Um, I think Belgium, well, actually Belgium beat Russia at home. So I Russia's home. Um, so it's not necessarily the case all the time, but for the most part, I think home, uh, home field advantage is going to matter. Um, the other element to that, that I'm going to, uh, to answer your question there. The other element is, is just the travel, uh, and the scheduling, uh, a lot of, you know, a few of these teams that are not going to be home are traveling from, you know, X to Y. So I heard, for example, Poland being one of the, probably the most traveled team, because they're going to have to go back and forth. I can't remember. Uh, I think from Amsterdam uh, to I think another location, um, Baku. Like Azerbaijan has a host is a host city, so that's a lot of travel for you know certain teams as well. But I know Poland was one of those teams that's going to be traveling quite a bit. Um, 
but yeah, I would have to agree. And, you know, like I said, there's some teams that are going to be home all three games. Netherlands is staying home. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Italy is too. Uh, England is for all their games. Scotland, I believe, is. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I think it's going to have an advantage for a few of these teams, which is why I put the, uh, certain teams the way I did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, we'll sort of figure that out as we go. I think we'll, you know, that's data that we're going to analyze and figure out uh, by, in this case, the round of 16, how that all sort of shaked out. Uh, but I think it's not so much even just the venues. The other part of this is um, the capacity at which people can watch games at. Uh, more or less, it's from about 20 to 50% for most teams. The only team, as you mentioned before, is Hungary. I think that is that Budapest you mentioned? 100% capacity. Yeah. So Hungary is going to be able to play all their games at home, 100% capacity. Yeah, so... Yeah. Well, I think... <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I think that I think you sort of said it without said it, saying it is. Uh, it doesn't affect you know a Belgian versus a Russia, but maybe it affects uh, you know like a Russia versus uh, the third place team, mm-hmm. right? Or someone or someone they're challenging, or say a Russia versus a Denmark. Maybe that impacts that game. Maybe Something it doesn't like impact that, yeah. the star teams, but it, it stirs the pot a little bit, I think, and you know. You know, to be to be fair, it's it's keeping the players the safest. Um, but who knows? It'll be interesting to see what happens with that kind of, you know, quote unquote advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be a fun tournament. So moving forward, it'll be fun to watch the group games for the next couple of years because that's what it feels like all the time. Uh, but when we get to the knockout stage, we'll be doing another session to sort of talk about where we think that teams will go and who our finalists will be if our predictions are still there. Um, and Racket busted. They're all correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that concludes another episode of our Black and White podcast. And we look forward to talking more about basketball and other things in life. See you then. Feel better, Christian Erickson.